So you've, you've already noticed that this morning's a little bit different, right? Um, you walked in and you noticed that we had replaced the, the rows of chairs with circles of chairs around the tables. And now I'm talking to you before we even sing one line of one song. And so um, if you're a control freak, if you like routine, that means you're like me a little bit, then um, your change meter is pegging right now. You're like, what is going on? Last week we started, um, I taught them Life Unscripted. And so we're in this thing as a church, we just kind of came through this series called The Love Buzz. um, And we just basically talked about this, like the love of Jesus fills us. And then it kind of oozes out and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so when we got done with that, we kind of felt like we don't need to rush to the next thing how many of you are like about the next thing what's the next big thing right is it apple is it samsung what's the deal right we don't want we don't want to rush to the next thing we want to give ourselves as a church just a chance to kind of exhale breathe um the phrase kind of ear to the ground just listen and see what god's doing next and so we thought why rush to do another series so we'll just do an unseries like the opposite of a series it's not really a series at all. The only thing that these messages will have in common is that they'll have words that start with un, maybe, and they'll all be a part of a series that's not a series. So it's called the unseries. This morning, we're going to take the next step in that. And uh, we have a word this morning. This morning's word is unleashed. Here's, Here's what today is. You might not even know this. Today in the, in the church calendar is called Pentecost Sunday. Now, I say the word Pentecost, and right away you're like, how do I get out, right? Like, they're going to bring out snakes, and we're going to do crazy stuff, and we're not going to do any of that. Let me just tell you what Pentecost Sunday is all about. It's the time in the church when the church became the church. It's Jesus had been crucified. He had risen again, and so he had gotten his gang of disciples together, and he told them this, I'm going to go back to heaven. I'm not going to be with you guys anymore, but when I go back to heaven, I'm going to give you somebody that's going to help, and his name's the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to Jerusalem. I want you to hang out together, order some pizza, pray, and I'll send you the Holy Spirit. And when he sent the Holy Spirit, that's the day that we call Pentecost. And that's today. This is Pentecost Sunday. So let me just sum it up like this. If you've got note sheets, this is your big idea today. This is what happened at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit unleashed the unable to do the unthinkable. Notice all those unwords. See how that works? The Holy Spirit unleashes the unable to do the unthinkable. Here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to unleash you. So before we let you do that, we want to talk through that big idea just for a few minutes. First, the Holy Spirit unleashes. Acts 1.8 says this. This is what Jesus told his disciples. He said, But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Did you hear the love buzz in that? Right? Because we talk about we have the love of Jesus in us personally, and then it oozes out privately, and then it oozes out publicly. And Jesus said, Look, you're going to get the Holy Spirit, and you're going to have power, and you're going to be my witnesses right here where you are in Jerusalem. And in Judea and in Samaria and into the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit unleashes the church. Um, I'm a runner. So when I think about being unleashed, I think of all the times that I've been running down the road and I hear a dog start to bark. And you're like, I don't have any mace. And so 
in those instances, what I'm praying is, oh God, let there be a leash. Right? Because I don't want that dog coming out. There's one house right coming into Albemarle off of Old Salisbury Road, and they have got these two ferocious dogs. Hallelujah, they also have a really big fence. Right? And so those dogs, they bark, but they can't ever get me. Unleashed, the difference between the church before Pentecost and after Pentecost is the difference between a dog that's leashed and unleashed. We, we might have had good news, but we had no real way to get it out. And at Pentecost, God said, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit, and He's going to unleash you. So unleash means this. It means that we can go out without any limits. It means that we can go out unhindered. As a matter of fact, here's a couple verses. Romans 8, 11. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. Here they both say the same thing. They say this. The Holy Spirit that's in us is the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He gives us power. We have all that we need to be unleashed on a community and love them. The only problem is us. Because we tend to be unable. The Holy Spirit unleashes the unable. That's us. Let's just recap Jesus' best followers. Peter denied Jesus. Thomas doubted Jesus. All but one disciple deserted Jesus at the cross. Paul, not me, the real Paul, that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, actually wrote in Corinthians that he was inadequate for the task. So this morning, like, if you're, you're pegging the meter, right? You're like, oh, God, I don't know what they're going to ask us to do. But you're already starting to freak out. you got a little bit of sweat forming, right? Your armpits are pretty moist right now. You're in really good company. Because the people that Jesus called around him to begin this whole thing, they were unable as well. I was reminded this past week of how unable I am because I was in the house and all of a sudden I heard Wendy go, Paul, come out here quick! So I, like any husband, took my time. <laughs> right? I got outside and um, there was this, this black snake. He was like 50 feet long. Like that, right? He was, I don't like snakes, okay? So she's like, Paul, uh, we just need to kind of, um, I, I, any snake I'm going to kill. But she's like, it's a black snake, it's a good snake. There are no good snakes, right? This is a weird story, isn't it? Because she sounds like the man, I sound like a woman. But anyway, that's how it's working for us, right? And she said, I just want to kind of, if we can just kind of funnel the snake into the woods somehow so that he can kill the rodents but not get up under our house. I'm already scared. I'm scared thinking about it right now, just talking about it. And so I went and got this really big stick, right? And I, I leaned up now. In our house, it's in the front of the house, so we have like, I guess you could call them shrubs. Huh. They're things that are about that high and they should be bigger. But... Um, the snake is on the other side of the shrub, right? And he's, he's stretched out. He's just getting a suntan. He's chilling. And so I got, the, I got the stick, and I stepped over next to that bush, and I reached over, and I tried to start poking at the snake. And as soon as I did that, another snake that was in the bush slithered out near my foot. My foot suddenly led my entire body up onto the third step of our little porch area while my wife and daughter laughed at me. I am the mighty man of God unleashed to change the world. But we're unable. We're unable. Can we just say that? 
out loud, admit it to ourselves, we're unable people. It doesn't mean that we have to have an inferiority complex. We need to be real. When we're called to go out into the world, unleashed by the Holy Spirit, to do the unthinkable, we are unable. That's why God gets so much glory. So if you feel like you're not quite prepared, you feel unqualified, I just want to say, welcome to the club. All of us are unqualified. See, the beauty of Pentecost is this. God transformed the unable with his power, and then he unleashed them to go do the unthinkable. What is the unthinkable that we do? He, he takes this group of people, and he changes the world by telling them to go and show the love of Jesus. That's it. He didn't have a big theology lesson. He just looked at them and said, go. Just go show them the love that I've shown you. And when you love each other and you love them, they'll know that this thing is real. It's what Jesus sent his original disciples to do. It's what he sends us to do. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. If you've, if you've grown up at all in church, you've heard this as the Great Commission. It's the last thing that Jesus ever said to his disciples. He said, go, therefore, and make disciples, and I'll be with you even to the ends of the earth. The, the funny thing about that whole story is we learn in 28:17, just a few verses before that, that the writer of the gospel, he wrote this down. I, I love it. That's why I know the Bible's true, because the Bible includes the bad stuff, right? I mean, if you were writing your story, would you include your bad stuff? Probably not. But the, the, the Bible never lies about who these people really were. So Jesus is standing there. He's given his disciples those last instructions like they've seen him crucified, risen again. They know this thing is real. They should be all in. And the Bible says in Matthew 28, verse 17, that while Jesus is giving them the big, you can do it speech, some of them listened and some doubted. Because we're unable. Even then, having seen him rise from the dead, some of them doubted. Everything we know today, everything that we know today about Jesus Everything we know today about church, it all came from that group of men. Think about that. A group of men who doubted, denied, deserted, questioned. And all that we see in this room is because the power of the Holy Spirit unleashed the unable to do the unthinkable. Just before we start this morning to worship, we're going to take some time in, as we sing to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to unleash us. To prepare us to go out and worship. And just before we do that, let me just share with you one more story. This past week, after an elder meeting, I got in my car and I was driving home and... Um, I was almost home. It always happens when you're almost home, right? So I'm almost home, and out of nowhere, in a flash, something hit my car. And I'd like to tell you that I was being a really um, good driver, but what was actually happening at the time was I'd been talking to Wendy on the phone, and since I didn't have my hands-free device on, I had like looked at my phone long enough to hit that red circle, and then I, I looked up and saw a flash and heard a noise, and I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to jail. I just hit a person. 
And so I'm like circling my car around, trying to find what I hit. Finally found out it was a deer, so bye Bambi, whatever. I didn't really hit the deer. I think the deer hit me. Like the deer was in the field going, check this out. Boom! Right? So if you go out and look at my car, you'll see that I've got a busted up headlight, and then I've got a dent in one door, and I've got a bigger dent in the back door, because I think what the deer did was he was like, hit me in the headlight, and then on the way back he was like, and bam, and bam, and then he went and died or ran away or whatever deer do after they're jerks. But two nights ago, coming home from community group, it was late, and it was dark, and I'm driving home, right? Well, I thought about this verse in the Bible. Matthew 5, 16. I think we have We can throw it up there. Jesus said this. You're the light of the world. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Don't answer this. Just think about, think about it in your head. When's, when's the only time that light is useless? We know one answer right away from that same passage. Jesus told him this. He said, you're the light of the world. Nobody lights a light and puts it under a bushel, that's what you learned in Sunday school, right? If you went to Sunday school, you learned that song. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. Well, it's useless under a bushel because you've got this light and you hide it. And he said, nobody can see it that way. So instead, what we do is we light that light. We put it up on a stand so that it gives light to the whole house. So one time that light is useless is when it is hidden. But driving home from community group, I noticed something funny was going on in front of my car. I'm driving along, and I looked up, and it was like I had, it was like the Batmobile, the Bat Signal, right? It was like everywhere I'm driving, I see this light up on the trees. I'm like, that's really crazy, like the Bat Signal. What's going on with that? It took me, because I'm a little slow, it took me about five or ten trees to figure out that my headlight, because the deer had hit it, my car was like those crazy eye people, Right? And I was lighting up the trees all the way home. And it suddenly dawned on me what that verse says. The second time that light is useless is when it shines in the wrong place. I I say this with all the love a pastor can muster up to an American church. We're really good at shining in the wrong places. As a matter of fact, your typical church does this. We have a lot of prayer meetings. We have a lot of deep worship meetings. We have a lot of things that shine the light in a room where people have already got the light. We don't do a good job of shining the light where people need it. Jesus said this. He said, let your light shine before men. We're we're supposed to be shining before men so they can see what's in front of them, where they're headed. Because they're in darkness and we're the light. And so this morning... We're going to give you the chance to leave here and go shine before men. Now, some of you aren't going to come back. And that's, a, that's cool. Because right now you're thinking, this is my first Sunday here. These people are just nuts. Like they're the weird eyeball church, right? And, and we want to give you, we understand like introverts, extroverts, we get all that. The, whole, the point of today is not to make you feel shamed because of what you don't do. The point of today is to help you sense a win because of what you do do. And yes, I said do do. But that's not one of your options. <laughs> 
So you got, you got six things. I've got, I've got to wrap this up because we've got to get moving. You've got six things that you can do today when we're done. You can do anything you want, but we want to give you six options. We've got bottled water back at this table. And right now, all the people that probably love Jesus are in church. And so we actually have the chance to go meet people that might not know Jesus. And so if you are comfortable with it, you can grab some bottled water and you can go to a park. And you can talk to people at a park. You can just give them, if you just say, hey, it's going to be a hot day, here's some water. And they say, why are you doing that? Well, you know, our church is a gathering. We just love Jesus. We just want to give you some water. Have a good day. If you don't want to do that, you can take some quarters. We'll have them back on this back table. Just grab a handful of quarters. Go to a laundry mat and start putting quarters in machines. People, they'll get crazy eyes, right? I'm like, what are you doing? Ah, man, we just love you. We just wanted to show you some love. You don't want to do that? You want to just hang out with some people and just have conversation? Our church today is preparing the meal at the community table. You can head right down there. there we've already got people fixing the meal. You don't have to do any cooking. Whew. You just can sit at the table and talk to people while they eat. Have conversation about the Panthers and why Cam should have gotten on the cover of Madden but didn't. Not that I'm bitter. If all that makes you wet your pants, here's what you can do. You can stay here. You can stay here and pray for the people that are going out. You can stay here and we're going to take some, we got some postcards. We're going to throw them out on the tables. You can write postcards to missionaries worldwide that our church supports. If that freaks you out because you have bad handwriting, you can actually walk out and you can get on the sidewalk and you can walk around the block of this place that we call church. And you can pray as you walk around the block that God would give us favor in this city. And he would give us greater influence in this city. You can pray if you want to that he'll give us every building on this block. Now, church language, that's called prayer walking. And that sounds really scary, but it's just walking while you pray. Right? If all of that causes you to just totally freak out, two words. One, you're supposed to because you're unable and two, Jesus knew that when he unleashed you. He's given you all that you need to go and do this. When you're done, it'll take you about 30 minutes. When you're done, we're asking you to come back so that we can sit at these tables again and give you the chance to share stories about what you experienced. Your story may go like this. I sat in the car and thought about going out to the park, but I didn't go. And for us, just so you know, that's a win. Because you got to come face to face with the fear of going out into the park and handing somebody a water bottle. And honestly, until we do this and you feel that uncomfortable feeling, you'll never change. And neither will I. Okay? So it's not possible to lose today. We're just going to go out. While you're singing this morning, we're asking God specifically to give you direction about what you should expect when you go out. Um, very, very quick story, and then we're going to start singing, and I'm going to shut up. Just to kind of give you an idea, and this is a crazy story. I'm not asking you to have this happen. I just want to throw it out there to give you an idea. Some of us were at just Jesus Culture Conference a couple years back in Chicago, and they did this. They sent people out just to kind of pray for people, and they said, hey, you just let the Lord lead you where you want to go. And these two girls got up. They're like college students, and they gave this testimony. They're all giggly like college girls are. And they said this, uh, well, 
Um, we didn't really think God was going to do anything like this because this is kind of crazy. We're not the kind of people to talk to people in public. But this morning when we were singing and doing worship and we were praying and asking God, like, give us some direction, we saw in our heads like these green and yellow shoes. And everybody's like, what? Yeah, we just saw the green and yellow shoes. So we went out into Chicago, Chicago, for two or three hours. And they said all we did was look at shoes. We were looking for green and yellow shoes. And we never found any. And we failed. So we got on the subway to come back to the conference. And we're sitting on the subway kind of like, man, I can't believe it. We didn't see it. And we looked over. And what do you know? What do you think we saw? This dude wearing green and yellow shoes. And we thought, huh, I wonder if that's the person we're supposed to talk to. (laughs) And so these college girls are like, we should go talk to that person. And when they were getting ready to go talk to him, one of the girls, her knee started hurting. And she's like, that's weird. Like, my knee doesn't normally hurt. Maybe the guy with the green and yellow shoes has a knee that's hurting. And we're supposed to ask if we can pray. Now, I know right now you introverts are like, I would never in a million years do that. I'm just giving you an example, right? And so they walked over and they had confidence. They were unleashed. And they said to the guy in the green and yellow shoes, can we pray for you? Because, like, is your knee hurting? And he went, Yes. And they prayed for him, and his knee was healed, and he gave his heart to Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to go to the park and see somebody with green and yellow shoes. I don't know what you're going to see. But I am telling you this, that the power of the Holy Spirit unleashes the church to get off their butts and go out there. And we're going to get off our butts and go out there. Yay! And then you're going to come back, <laughs> right? I'm not going to see you eating lots of chips at the Mexican restaurant later, right? I was thinking about it. I wanted to come minister to the salsa. So let's pray. I've talked longer than I was supposed to. Let's pray. And then we're going to worship. And while we worship, I'm asking you specifically just to start to ask God, what do you want me to do today when I head out of here? Where do you want me to go? And whatever he tells you to do, just go do it. No fear. He's unleashing the unable to do the unthinkable.